Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Fearful UK Show. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the game against the Cardinals, and I am once again joined by Naji Karaha. Good weekend, Naji. Yeah, very good weekend. What about you, Lee? Good weekend? I had a very good weekend, a very satisfying weekend. Yeah, it's always good when you get a W, isn't it? It's very good when you get a W. It's a bit um, nail-biting, this one, but uh, I think it makes it all all the more satisfying that we actually yeah. had to earn it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Makes it enjoyable to watch. Although blowouts are nice as well every now and then. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Blowouts yeah. are nice every now and again. But uh, in, in in comparison, I would say the victory this week felt a lot better than the victory against the Steelers where we give away four, five turnovers and we still won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that, that game was very stressful. Yeah. Uh, this this one felt, felt a bit... There's, there's more faith in this one, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's get straight into it uh, and let's go with the negatives first. So I think the first one we'll pick up on. Um, it, it's something that... I think it was Brian Davis mentioned it in a previous show. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo seems to have a, a touch of the Brett Favs about him. He can do some really brilliant things but then he's thrown quite a lot of interceptions. Is this something we need to be worried about? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, to me, interceptions are part of the game. So you shouldn't be ever overly worried about them because then you tend to not throw the ball as effectively if you, you know, if it starts being something on the forefront of your mind. Uh, so no, p- picks are always going to happen, you know, um, but also, yes, and it's more because of where they happen and when. Uh, that, that's my problem with Jimmy. Crucial moments where we really don't need a turnover, where we need to score. And the two we had this week uh, are a good example of that. Uh, it's two in the red zone, two when we're down. And when we're down, if, if we score a touchdown, uh, we go in front and we take the lead again. So th- those kind of turnovers are really, really, really killing us. But... Ultimately, uh, I don't think you can get worried about it, 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 it until it gets to James Winston level. I think uh, I think we're good. Do you think because of the way the way that Jimmy plays and the fact that defenses know he's got some interceptions in him? Do you think that's why they're all stacking the box now, which is effectively ending our run game before it starts? Uh, no, I think they're stuck in the box because our run game is extremely good and they want to stop that. Well, okay, you're going to go and, and beat us in the air. Um, but I, I, don't think, I don't think the primary reason is because he can produce turnovers. He's never thrown more than, you know, two or... Uh, was it two this year maximum? Uh, this game and against the Steelers. Um, so, no, I, th- I think people are stuck in the box because our running game is too good and so much come off the running game. Um, and the passing game gets started from that, so I don't think that it, that's it. Um, but do, do you think? Do you think that's what they're doing? I think there could be some some mileage in that thought, 
they're stacking the box because obviously they know we've got such a good, good run game, but they're also stacking the box and basically daring Jimmy to throw. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's more the way they play on the backhand. Uh, you know, there's a lot of zone. I think the first pick that he threw to Hicks, uh, if you actually pause when Hicks gets the ball in his hand, you, you look around and there is... There's not even uh, a Niners receiver in the area. So yeah, it's possible. It's possible the you know, defensive coordinator starting to see something and trying to take advantage of it. But if they want to do that and let him get 424 yards every week, that's, that's fine by me. Yeah, that's fine by me as well. That's the type of quarterback player I like to see. And that's the type of quarterback player I thought we were getting with Jimmy. So it is good to see those numbers getting put up and uh, touchdowns through the air. So yeah, I... I enjoy watching that. Um, but back to the run game. So we were very, very poor last night. We just couldn't establish the run game whatsoever. And there's a lot being said about Kittle being such a, an integral part to the run game. But does he really make that much difference? Is it Kittle uh, we're definitely missing? I think it's Kittle and it's Breed. Uh, you know, we talked about it during the preview show. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Breed is... is our primary back, um, he's fast and he's, he's averaging, you know, 5.2 yards per carry. So when we go something with Kittle, with Breeder, and we can get into second and short, second, you know, second and four, second and five, it, it, it opens up the playbook a little bit more. So I think, I think it's a combination of both. Also, you know, use check is coming back. Uh, McGlinchey is coming back. Um, obviously, Staley's out. So no, I don't think it's just Kittle. I think uh, I think we're missing my breeder a lot. Uh, he's 5.2 yards per carry average over the season. Are quite, you know, they, they make a big difference. It puts us in second and four, second and five, which is which opens up the playbook massively for Jimmy and the rest of the running game. Um, also, you know, Juszczyk is only back a couple of games. McLinch is only back a couple of games. We're missing Staley. Um, so I think all of that, and obviously the absence of Kittle blocking, is a big factor why our run game isn't working. But also, I think I think the league is catching on very reactively, and the more tape those defensive coaches get, uh, the more they can, you know, figure out why we do things and how we do them, and it's easier for them to to counter it. So I think I think it's more of a combination of everything, and it really showed on. On Sunday, yeah, we really could not get anything going at all. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right there. Um, so, keeping with the negatives, another negative is the injuries continue to mount up. The D Ford injury is a big worry. I don't think there's been any any release about how bad the injury is yet. But if we're going to be missing D Ford for the next uh, two three weeks, oh, I, th- I think that's going to be a huge miss given the teams that we're going up against in the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good one. I think he's been playing her, you know, uh, pretty much since the beginning of the season. Um, I, th- I think injuries seem a lot because we've had big ones recently uh, that have impacted us. So we have special attention to them and we, we see K1 Williams coming out. We're like, oh, here we go again. But it was just a thing. Uh, yeah, it happens every game, uh, in every team, every player. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, the default one is a bad one, especially if he's out uh, for a while. We're going to need him next week uh, to get to Rogers and the week after to get uh, <laughs> to Lamar Jackson. But um, 
yeah, let's let's wait and see. It's 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 a contact game. It happens. It's part of the game. Let's let's not worry about it. And uh, it's just fingers crossed. Is is back is back next week. Yeah, yeah. With any luck, he will be. So, is there any other negatives that you picked out of the game? Yeah, I've got I've got two or three here. Um, I'm not super happy how a few decisions uh, Kyle Shanahan has been doing in the last couple of games. Obviously, the um, the way he handled the last possession of the the overtime against Seattle, I had a bit of a problem with it. Um, trying not to kill the clock more. And this week he's gone for a two-point conversion that didn't make any sense to me. And I could have, we could have really paid a lot, played for another overtime. And, you know, instead of uh, kicking to win the game at the end at one point. So I understand the process behind him, behind the, the decision, but I don't think it was the right decision. What do you think? Yeah, I was quite surprised about that decision as well. And uh, now I was thinking along the same lines as yourself. I'd rather be safe and play for overtime than try and win it there. But then you have to have a look at some of the other decisions he makes. If he starts playing safe with one decision, is he not going to start doing it with others? Where we have a fourth and two or a fourth and three and it's it's midway through the fourth quarter and it's the type of thing that you'd want him to be aggressive about. Is he going to start and second guess himself on those type of decisions as well so yeah even though it did puzzle me why he did that then i think i'd rather him still be aggressive and risk no, that yeah, type no. of thing no that's 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 fair assessment i'm just i'm just thinking you know it's a it could be an easy downward spiral if if all those decisions seem to come and not work out and then you get into your own head and you know it's it's when we don't need it and when we are in you know in control of the game that would have put us that uh, extra point would have put us at five points ahead rather than you know six five or four doesn't really make any difference to me. you know it's it's one of them but no i see what you mean i, I agree being being aggressive is good it it, it it shows confidence in the team and that's good i'm just I, I suppose on the flip side i mean he could end up turning into rex ryan where pretty much every single player that uh, he ever called was aggressive, to, yeah. to the to the extreme of there's no need to call aggressive calls like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's just it's just a concern, you know, nothing too overly. I'm not I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. All right, and the other thing that you wanted to talk about, I want I want to talk about our linebacker coverage because uh, I don't I don't know if. If it's because Greenlow and Elijah Lee are playing and they're not been playing as much as Alexander, obviously, but the two touchdowns we gave up on the pass play, especially especially the first one to Fitzgerald, um, is is wide open. It it doesn't happen very often. Some when somebody's open that badly, um, somebody's messed up somewhere. And it happened a couple of times. There's a couple of third down where we don't clamp down and our linebackers are just a tad slow. And I'm a little bit concerned going forward that. We're going to play some very, very good pass team, and if we don't clamp on that, I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I've actually put down that um, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw had a solid game through the middle. Um, but you make a very good point that that they had a solid game as as far as tackles were concerned and um, dealing with Kenyon Drake a lot better than what they did two weeks ago. Um, but you're right, uh, the touchdowns that they did give up, 
it kind of highlights the fact that we will miss Alexander, his coverage skills as a linebacker. And this was something we brought up in the podcast a few weeks ago as well. Who's going to take over that role as a coverage linebacker now that Alexander Alexander's out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the first game, and I'm sure Dre Greenlaw and and Elijah Lee are finding their their footing in the defense. But when we play, when you play zone defense, if if you have a weak link, uh, there's there's quarterbacks out there that are too good. They they will take advantage on every single play of that. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure the coaches have will watch the film and identify this and rectify it for for Green Bay, hopefully. Yeah. Definitely, hopefully. Okay then, so let's move across the positives. Um, because we started with Jimmy on the negatives, I'm going to start with Jimmy on the positives. Yeah, so, absolutely. obviously, Jimmy had a career night going through the air and led the team to a fourth-quarter two-minute victory, putting up some pretty impressive numbers. 34 completions out of 45, 424 yards and four touchdowns. He's the first 49er quarterback to throw for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns since 1993, when the legend that is Steve Young achieved the same feat. It's also worth noting that the only other quarterback to have achieved this wearing a 49ers uniform was the GOAT, Joe Montana. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good company right there. <laughs> it's very good company. So the numbers that Jimmy put up outside the two interceptions, do you think that gives him plenty of slack with Kyle Shanahan as far as all of the interceptions that he has thrown this season is concerned? No, I don't think so. I think Kyle is still going to be hard on him. I think, you know, especially as I said, those two interceptions were in a red zone and we needed a score. We were down three points and then down four points. So, um, you know, the, the, the turning the ball over is never a good thing, right? But... Um, it's definitely put him, you know, if we talked about during uh, at the beginning of the show how teams are going to challenge Jimmy to go and win games. Well, if you if you keep shooting, you know, performance like this, people are not going to do that anymore. You know, it's, it's a bit like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. You wouldn't uh, tell those guys, oh, come on, beat me for the air. But yeah, he played he played amazing. His delivery is so beautiful. His, his techniques is so tight. Uh, I know we talked about this in the show before, but... He, the sum of the throw, he, the ball is going with pressure in his face, or it's, it's very, very close, and his delivery is so fast uh, that it, it, if, even a free rusher doesn't get to him before the ball is out, especially on the touchdown to Richie James, where they bring in the house pretty much. Uh, that that release was just perfect. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think he, he he'll be hard on himself. Carl will be hard on him as well because. We, we need to cut the turnovers, but yeah, uh, 424 yards, four touchdowns. Can't really, uh, can't really bat him down, a man down for that, can you? Do you think he plays better under pressure? Do you think he strives for, for that um, that pressure to be on his shoulders? Because at the start of the game, he, he does seem a little bit hesitant, a little bit stiff. I think he he likes the fact that all of this pressure is put on his shoulders and coming back um, from a losing position. He, he always seems to, uh, he always appears to be a lot more comfortable in that type of situation. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. You know, some people some people invite this kind of environment and thrive in it. You know, the, the quarterback we played last week, uh, Russell Wilson, is is probably better under pressure than, than not. Um, yeah, it's possible. It's possible he just needs to get going. Uh, you know, he needs probably a, a bit more time to get ready um but yeah he's um 
you know, he's, he's been awesome in three weeks in a row. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But let's not make Arabia that. Let's, let's play good any time because uh, I don't think my heart can take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we've sung Jimmy's praises a bit there. But obviously, yeah. it wasn't all down to Jimmy either. He had um, plenty of help from the wide receivers and the tight ends this week. Debo has had two back-to-back fantastic games and continues to grow and look like a number one wide receiver. And Ross Dwelly stood up and was counted by hauling in two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we called them out. Everybody called them out all week, all the receiving call, and they came out and executed. They, they had a couple of drops, which I'm sure they like to have back. But, you know, Ken- Kendrick Bourne got four reception and scored a touchdown, three, three games in a, in a row. And Debo got another 100-yard game, better than last week, 134 yards on 10 targets, which is, which is really good. Um, you know, Sanders was uh, obviously banged up, you could tell. But he, he still managed to get free reception and 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 very important one if I if I remember correctly and and you know Kyle Juszczyk has got the, uh, his personal best doesn't he with seven receptions so yeah I mean you know um, everybody stepped up and uh, that's exactly what we needed them to do um, and it, you know, I think it won us the game yeah. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And it was pleasing, especially after the preview show when we were talking about um, wide receivers um, and, and how they did need to step up, especially in the case of where Sanders... I, I can't remember what part of the game that Sanders was pulled out, but I can't remember seeing him the entire fourth quarter. So it's good to see that when Sanders isn't playing, they are actually stepping up now and keeping hold of that ball. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he was on the field that much. I don't know. I didn't see the snap count, but uh, he's the only one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, seeing all his all his friends out there having fun, winning games, is gonna, you know, kick him up and say, "All oh, right, so let's let's do this all together." You know. Yeah. So again, another positive: uh, the defense continues to play lights out, and we're managing to pick up players who immediately make a difference. So, Demontre Moore. Yeah, what a what a great story. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, that's the kind of player we want. You know, the, the guy comes in and he makes a massive play in the in the fourth quarter, and then he's on the sideline. Uh, he's praying and he's he's happy to be here. And he's, you know, we talk about injuries during the negative. I think if if we can take a good thing out of the injuries is that it's pushed people to to step up, and we discover players that. Are, we wouldn't have seen otherwise, and I might have gone to another team at the end of the year because they haven't played. So yeah, we got Damont Moore that that's just had an amazing, amazing game, you know. Uh, and um, Dre Greenlow, eight tackles, you know, uh, and then everybody else was uh, on fire uh, against against them. I think I think I think our defense is definitely maybe maybe not the best anymore because the Patriots have. Uh, Given up to the Eagles, but uh, definitely up there in the NFC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any more positives? Yeah, so I have a big one, which I had at the top of my list. And uh, to me, it's it's more of a culture kind of thing where uh, this is how I felt during the whole game. It, the team knows how to win. And in the past, in the past years, you, we couldn't win games, even if it was given to us. We couldn't put it together, you know, missing field goal last year and, and stuff like that. And I, th- I think this game has showed 
uh, me anyway, that the team knows how to win. They know how to take every opportunity they can to change the game when it's possible to change it. And and to just go and get that win, which is not an easy thing to do. And it's not something that uh, you can put players together and they'll just instantly know how to do that. It's something that is brewed during camp and during, um, you know, a few years of uh, playing together. But that, I think that's that's a good quality to have. as uh, They're a winning team. I don't think they doubted at any point that they would win this game, even 16, you know, 16 points down in the first um, after four yards, because that's the kind of mentality you need to win playoff games. And uh, ultimately, that's that's the goal, isn't it? Yeah, we've definitely shaken that losing um, feeling, the, the losing culture that we've had uh, over the last few years. Obviously, I think um, last season, the picture of Carl Shanahan, where he was slumped against one of the kit boxes in the locker room, I think that resonated with all 49er fans when they saw that and they realised how much it meant to Kyle Shanahan as well. He wasn't happy that we weren't winning and he has turned that round. We all knew that was only a couple of players that we needed to actually change that round. But as well as that, what you've just mentioned is you need that experience and that leadership within the locker room from people who've done this before who've done it time and time again. The likes of Richard Sherman, who's now passing on his experience. He knows exactly what it takes to win. Just because you're down in the game doesn't mean you get your head down. It's up all mm -hmm. the time and you graft for 110% of that game uh, and you see it through. And y you're right. You can see that in the team now, the, the battle all the way to the end to get that win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because this game could have easily gone into... It's really bad for us. We could have been down 20 points, uh, you know, in the second quarter. And then uh, three, two, three years ago, I would have turned it over because I knew that it wasn't going to happen. But this year, I knew that our defense was going to come up big. I knew that Jimmy could do it. I knew that Carl could call the right plays to, uh, to to turn the game over. And, and and they did. And it's it's a good feeling. And it, it's, got, it's definitely going to help us, especially, especially when we play teams uh, that know how to do that. Because... Because the Cardinals are a good team, and uh, actually that was one of of my negative is that uh, our division next year is going to be it's, it's going to be very very difficult because this team is getting better and better and better. But you you can tell in the Cardinals they you know they had they had their chances and they didn't take them and they'll uh, they'll learn from it I'm sure, and they'll they'll start winning games. But you know it's it's a good feeling when you know you can win, and uh, you know you can do it. It's it is. It, you're unstoppable almost because you'll just keep on going until you do win. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong and you're certainly not wrong about the NFC West. That's going to be a cracking division next season. That's going to be really tough. Um, although, I mean, the, the Rams, I think the Rams are on a downward spiral, to be honest, but both the Cardinals and the Seahawks are, are going to be good teams next year. Um, I think Kyler Murray has definitely impressed me this season. I think they're doing a lot better than what I expected them to do. And they look a lot more of a complete team than what I was expecting as well. So they have surprised us a bit. And to be honest, I think their their record basically masks how good they actually are. It's similar to what we've been like the last two seasons where our record's yeah, been exactly. really poor, but I don't think they are. So, yeah, it yeah. Feels, feels like that, doesn't it? The, the Cardinals feels like exactly where we were about a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're only open up. Kyler Murray is, is going to, I think he's going to be somebody special, unless um, he has a really bad second year, like uh, like Baker Mayfield is having, but I think that's a different problem. Um, 
uh, yeah, uh, the, I think the Cardinals are going to be up there. Although they they are a bit older than we are, so you know they they have old players that might not be around for much much longer. But well, yeah, yeah. one of those is a key player, and that's Fitzgerald. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So once he goes, they they lose that that security blanket of being mm-hmm. able to throw him the ball in in tight situations when they need to definitely get a couple of yards and rely on somebody who's not going to drop the ball. So they're going to lose him. And I think it's uh, the end of the season that Fitzgerald uh, retires. I don't know. I don't know. He looks he looks ageless. Uh, I, I'm not sure. We'll see. Did yeah. he not already announce that before the start of the season, that this would be his last? Yeah, yeah, he did that. But he did that last year and then he signed again. So I think he loves the game too much and... It wouldn't surprise me if he changes his mind. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. we will. Right, Naji, thanks for joining me again on the show. Well, thank you for having me again. Tons of fun, as per usual. Also, I was going to say in a positive before we go that uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I called Kyle Juszczyk having a big game and Zebo having a big game. You called Richie James having a big game. So yeah. I think a pat on the back for, uh, for us. <laughs> doing good work. <laughs> I, I only like the pats on the back where they come with the uh, creative forty-eight cans of lager. But Brian, oh, right. I I always lose that bet with Brian. So never mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks again to all you guys, the listeners. Um, I'm aware that there was some electrical noises on this episode. I'll do my best to edit them out as much as possible. Um, it's the type of thing that we can't get away from when you work away from home um, and I'm recording in a hotel at the moment um, mm. but yeah I'll try and I'll try and get rid of those um, noises okay so for the next two games the podcast will be venturing into new territory as we'll be recording on the road along with my trusted sidekick David I will be flying out to San Francisco on Friday morning for the Packers game and we will also be in the city for the Ravens game the following Sunday oh, so okay. Jealous doesn't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> Two very good games. Yeah, Two very I, good games. I can't wait. As yet, however, I mean, we've got no firm plans as to how or where we, we're going to record. The idea was we more than likely going to record in one of the sports bars. Um, so you get that whole ambient sound of um, mm. TV in the background, some sort of yeah. sports on there, and we'll record the show there. But we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to continue with a decent quality of audio. Um, but as you'll probably hear from this episode, there's times when the audio drops out a little bit. Um, and that's purely because of the way I've chosen to to record the podcast. Um, I, I don't rely on anybody recording the audio locally. I do it all myself um, because it makes it easier. So <laughs> one last thing before we finish off. If you haven't already done it, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for the 49 of Faithful UK. So, the next time you hear from me, I'll be en route to San Francisco. Until then, go Niners. Go Niners. The San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner deep heart Garrison Hurst, Stiff far going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Gruden, Walgreens, Bill Belichick Where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget